eye of the tiger, it's the thrill of the fight. Oh, sorry, I, I didn't see you tuning in there to a real original. Today I've gathered the most handsome, the most strong, muscular, sweaty men in central Ohio, and we're discussing Over the Top. My name is Dave. I'm the big old muscly Ricardo. I'm Nathaniel. I'm a fat piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And we're all wearing our tightest tank tops and trucker caps turned backwards for maximum efficiency. Yeah, I literally cannot breathe right now. I can't think either, so apologies ahead of time. Yeah, I look like a Twinkie that you've been choking the life out of. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Anywho, we're here to talk about Over the Top. One of my favorite sports movies of all time. I'm so happy to be here for this recording. Sports in quotations. Oh, come on. <laughs> that wasn't a sport movie. If Rocky gets to be a sports movie, Over the Top gets to be a sports movie. It's that simple. All right. Whatever. This was Rocky, basically. <laughs> all right. So brief summary of what Over the Top is. Over the Top is a story about a father and a son and a mother. And the mother gets sick. And so the father gets reunited with his estranged son. They haven't had contact in quite some time. And they go on a journey to learn about each other and to find love through arm wrestling. (laughs) I can't believe that that... Yeah, very similar to the uh, Greco-Romans, I believe, yeah. Well, eventually some things happen midway point through the movie and, and they end up in Vegas in an arm wrestling tournament trying to win some money. And that's kind of the underscore of the movie. It's, it's, a lot of sweaty guys grabbing hands and trying to push each other's hand to the table. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'd much rather do that to win money in Vegas than play craps. Cause like, I honestly just like shit the bed every time I play craps. So arm wrestling is a much better way to make money than what I've been doing in Vegas. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I think I got your card uh, when I was there actually. Oh, well. And today for the first time in real original history, we're proud to bring you Nate's corner. Nate's working title to be yeah. determined. We'll, we'll see. I, I want a cool intro, but Dave won't let it, <laughs> but we'll see. But yeah, basically we had the idea to look up facts about production and fun facts about the movie. And I think that uh, you guys will love these ones. So first off, we'll acknowledge our sources and uh, in a double f- you to all my grade school teachers, I am using Wikipedia and I'm not citing it in MLA style. Oh, shit. Yeah. Also, I found a website called tvovermind.com, and uh, I'm using those guys for sources today. So, Over the Top had an initial budget of $25 million, but only opened up to a box office showing of $16 million. No way. Netting a loss. Out of that, Stallone was paid $12 million for this movie. Wow. Almost half of the budget. I mean, he's worth it. I mean, yeah. It's honestly the only movie I've ever seen, Stallone, where I understood every single word he said. <laughs> he really did a, well, a good job of talking in this movie. I yeah. didn't really think about that. Yeah. I don't know. He must have taken his time, thought about it, and it, he said words clearly. All right. Uh, production location. So, obviously, a lot of this is filmed in Las Vegas. Um, a couple of early on scenes were at a military academy in Claremont, California. And then the Cutler estate, which was the grandfather and um, Link's estranged son, was filmed at the Kirkaby Mansion, which was actually used for the set of the Beverly Hillbillies in the past. And 
in my research, I found that the Kirkabees were actually a hotel conglomerate. So they started off with the infamous Drake Hotel in Chicago and then expanded from there, uh, similar to um, what are those people? The Hiltons. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, and in the past, for Beverly Hillbillies, they were paid $500 a day to film on the mansion's grounds. And then a couple of the other driving scenes were just filmed in Monument Valley, Utah. So you're telling me the Beverly Hillbillies are affiliated with the Hilton Hotel Empire? Not the Hiltons, the Kirkabees. Okay. Yeah, so the Kirkaby Mansion is uh, the mansion that was in the movie in the scene where he drives his truck through the gate. That is the Kirkaby Mansion, which was on the Beverly Hillbillies. Dude, that scene was sick. Oh, yeah. You know what would have knocked that scene up a notch, though? is that once the truck got done plowing through the fence and the fountain, I really wish it just kind of sauntered up and lightly touched the doorbell for a ding-dong. <laughs> <laughs> the little hawk on the front just touches the doorbell. Yeah, yeah, see, wouldn't that have been perfect? I'm here to see Michael. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on from location, we've got music. So obviously this is an 80s movie. It has 80s songs. So the soundtrack... Uh, was actually an album produced to release alongside the movie, and it features songs from Eddie Money, Asia, Kenny Loggins, and Sammy Hagar and Van Halen. Damn. Originally, the song Winner Takes All, which I'm sure you guys remember. Winner takes it all. Or they lose the fall, whatever, however it goes, whatever. Um, that was originally produced and sang by Asia, but the movie producers didn't think his voice was mean enough and so the song was offered to Sammy Hagar, who had his bandmate, Eddie Van Halen, perform the guitar solo in the song. That's a mean dude right there. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. He, he uh-huh. shreds it. Um, and funnily enough, they actually produced a music video for this song. Oh, no. It's on YouTube. You can look it up. And in the final half of the music video, Sammy Hagar arm wrestles with Sylvester Stallone. Who wins? They don't show. They literally just show them gearing up and they clasp hands and that's when it ends. Oh man, they're teasing the sequel. I guess so, uh, yeah. I don't Come know what's I don't Winner takes everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually I actually have to interrupt here and go back to the location facts or else I'm gonna get my ass kicked by my friend. Okay. So I watched this movie with somebody and they made it very clear that I needed to mention Flagstaff, Arizona, because part of the driving scenes were filmed in Arizona where they're from. Ah. And they insisted that I put that into here, that those mountains and those roads were not CGI'd in. Those were actually filmed mountains. Also the uh, crystal meth capital of the U S (laughs) right. Along with COVID and and other great things. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wildfires. (laughs) I think they have it all. What's your buddy's name? Uh, this was Hannah. Hannah, shout out to Hannah. What up? Shout out to Hannah. The funny thing is, I so I was playing uh, NHL the other day, and uh, they have like stupid commentary in the background, and I was playing the uh, Arizona Coyotes, who are in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I found out from the intro of my hockey game that Scottsdale, Arizona, is the antique capital of the world. <laughs> wow, my parents should move there. <laughs> hey, okay. Moving right along with our uh, fun facts, we've got the critic reception. So this movie was oh boy. <laughs> not well received. Um, the film was actually nominated for three Golden Raspberry Awards. 
David Mendenhall, who played Michael Hawk, his son, actually won Worst Supporting Actor and Worst New Star. A great way to start your career. And then Sylvester Stallone was nominated for Worst Actor, but lost to Bill Cosby for Leonard Part 6, which I've never what? even heard of. I don't know what that is. Are we allowed to say that name? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, Bill Cosby was in a movie called Leonard Part 6? Yep. I don't know what the other five parts are, but it's probably bad. <laughs> and it was worse than over the top. Wow. Yeah. I don't know, man. You hate to see it, especially uh, given the current climate and what we know about Bill Cosby today. <clears throat> Wait, is Bill Cosby a bad dude or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So fun facts about the movie. So the movie actually launched with its own toy line. And I'm telling you, these are really shitty toys. Like, they were Stretch Armstrong, but they didn't stretch. And uh, they were like Transformers that didn't transform. If you can put that mental image in your head, that's what these Stay the same, Armstrong. Yeah, exactly. They just stood there and they looked at you and they looked stupid. So very bad toy line. Didn't do very well. I wonder if they're worth anything these days. I don't know. That seems like a silly collector's item. It does. Actually, fun story. uh, In my research, I found that uh, David Mendehall, who played his son, got injured shortly after the movie or was either sick or something, was in the hospital. And Stallone showed up with the f***ing toys and gave it to him as a present. (laughs) (laughs) What a a guy. Yep. Speaking of which, um, so Roger Ebert, one of the most famous film critics of all time, apparently while filming the movie, Stallone came across him in Vegas and pushed him up against a slot machine, telling him it was okay to criticize the movie, but he should never criticize Stallone himself. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's in line with a lot of what I've read about Stallone. Stallone's in a movie called Demolition Man with James Woods as the other Mm co-star. And midway through filming and in the editing process, Stallone insisted on reducing James Woods' part because he was getting outacted so hard that that he like threw around his some of his actors' rights and contractual rights to like edit the film and it made it kind of nonsensical and so he's he's known for like being a bully in hollywood yeah i mean if you're gonna pin up roger ebert you better hope you get uh zero stars on your review and let's be real here like roger ebert's a great dude but he's never been like physically close to stallone like like that's such a bully move to to pin roger ebert up like roger ebert was born an overweight nerd yeah he's physically closer to philip seymour hoffman yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Honestly, I would love to see a biopic of Phil. Oh, wait, he's dead. Sorry. All right. R.I.P. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Aw. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving right along here. We've got, so in the final match, arm wrestling match to win it all, uh, Link Hawk got punched in the face by Bull Hurley. And this was actually a real punch that he Sylvester Stallone took in the movie because he wanted his reaction to be authentic. So he actually had a bloody nose and he actually got punched in the face during that final fight. Holy shit. Yeah. And moving along with that theme. So during that final fight, um, ahead of time, Stallone was like, hey, you know what? Hey man, don't take it easy on me. Like I can handle it. And bull Hurley is just like, haha, funny. Like I'm a five time champion. Fuck you. And Stallone actually beat him for real in that fight and halfway through they both actually came away with injuries so in that arm wrestle at the end 
Stallone suffered a strained forearm and Bull Hurley actually dislocated his shoulder. So when you hear that scream halfway through the fight, that was when he actually popped his shoulder out and then they recut it later on to show the final seconds of the fight with um, Stallone winning. So pretty crazy, actually. Pretty physical um, for how shitty of a movie movie it was. Um, Is this movie worthy of all these injured human beings? I don't (laughs) think so. I really don't. (laughs) They probably made like $20 off of it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. It's good to know the arm wrestling was real, though. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing you can say about Stallone is he doesn't do things half-assed. And moving along with that theme, Stallone later claimed that he received more punishment from this movie than he did in any of the Rocky movies because he took actual hits and he actually arm wrestled against professional arm wrestlers. <laughs> That's so stupid. Arm yeah. wrestling is such a dangerous sport. Dude. Sport, quote unquote. Those videos when people like break their forearms and stuff, I can't handle it. No, nah, dude. Like <laughs> that. I don't give a shit if I can put your arm down. Like, I ain't breaking my arm. Hell no. <laughs> All right, that's all we've got for Nate's Corner on this episode. Fantastic. I love it. Of course. Boop, ba, beat, da, ba, Nate's Corner. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's just isolate that vocal and we'll play that for my intro. <laughs> <laughs> Quit telling me to edit. I don't know how to edit. Stop. You should probably learn how to do that if you want to own a podcast. Yeah, maybe one day. Control copy, control paste. Right? <laughs> I don't, I don't, Ricardo, that's not even, never mind. <laughs> no that's exactly how you edit I, I'm an editor <laughs> I know these things okay we can hire my roommate he uh, studied uh, communication and media studies in college so he knows how to edit when you say hire I feel like you don't understand the economics of this podcast <laughs> I mean like I'll give him a beer or two and he can do it oh sweet yeah. deal <laughs> wait people are getting paid in beers Nate you weren't supposed to tell him about that, you son of a bitch. Sorry. This is racism. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what this is. Uh, it's not racism if our audience can't see our racists. <laughs> well, I'm the only one with the name Ricardo. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I actually edit your name every episode to Richard. Joke's on you, sucker. <laughs> My great-grandpa did the same thing. You know, He refused to call me Ricardo. He would call me Richard. Nice. You're, you're maintaining that legacy date. Was your grandpa white? Yes. Okay, guys, we're here to talk about a movie, fellas. I, I don't know if you remember that. It's called Over the Top. Well, you didn't get the heavy racism vibes from this movie? <laughs> I got heavy uh, 80s bully vibes from a lot of the different scenes. How about the black arm wrestler that loses because they said he was cheating, huh? Oh. How about that? I think he was just outplayed. And it's <laughs> like when you get killed by a camper when you're playing Call of Duty, you're like, hey, I don't like that strategy, but it's legit. <laughs> that was my takeaway. I want to talk about my first experience with Over the Top. It was a wonderful experience where it was playing at the Drexel Theater in Bexley, and a local movie riffing troupe was doing it. So. Yeah, we used to have a local movie riffing troupe here in Columbus, and they no longer exist or they no longer perform at the Drexel, one or the other. Did COVID get them? No, actually, I think the Drexel changing management got them because Uh the Drexel used to be about old movies and and fun takes on movies like movie riffing, and now it's just about playing whatever the latest Marvel movie is and making money with tickets. But Mm -hmm. anyway... (laughs) So this movie riffing troupe was there, and it, it was the night of a big concert 
I think like Beyonce was in town. Um, and I think there may have also been a Buckeyes football game. So in other words, there weren't many people showing up to this small movie ripping movie showing. Uh, but my sister and I went because we're not that into, you know, Beyonce or, or watching sports live. So the movie riffing troupe had a professional bodybuilder there by the name of Superman Onyx. <laughs> and they had a real arm wrestling tournament before the show. Oh my God. And like the closest visual I can give you to Superman Onyx, who was a great guy, is Ving Rames. Like this dude was this huge, hulking, muscle on muscle black dude that was just like a presence in the room. And they announced him like they announced fighters. So like he, he came in from the back of the audience and walked up to the front and started cracking his knuckles. And I was the first one that went up against Superman Onyx. <laughs> Did you win? Wow. There's some debate as to whether or not I won. Yeah, I heard it was the most controversial fight in history. Yes, it was. <laughs> you see, my hand may have touched the table very quickly, but I like to consider it to be an emotional victory because I was the first to go up there. So Nice. Yeah, if you're listening to this, Superman, I'm ready for a rematch. <laughs> yeah, he's been uh, on his keto diet for the last three years to get ready for it. <laughs> Onyx 2, you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, except the... Uh, the COVID quarantines got me putting on all my weight I lost. So, oh, oh, I'm sure he's in the same boat too, though. I don't know. I think he makes most of his money from bodybuilding. I, I don't think that's something that. I mean, how how old were you when you went to this movie? Uh, it wasn't long ago. It was in the last two years. Oh, damn. Okay, so then he yeah. probably still is in decent shape. Yeah, yeah, I can promise you he's in decent shape. I was thinking it was when you were like eight years old. This guy could have stopped working out that day, and he would still be more buff than me. <laughs> So, although I saw this movie for the first time a few years ago, I would have to label this the most 80s movie ever. I can't think of a movie that exemplifies the 80s more than Over the Top. Dude, for real, like it opens with the most 80s song and then it just doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like it's more like one long commercial for the album that they were making <laughs> that well, it was a shitty commercial. Hey, you listen to the entire thing, but True. yeah, no, but it was crazy. The hair, the style, everything, like even the, all the stereotypes about kids who, who are, you know, who have the met most amazing plans to go out into the world and steal cars and smuggle themselves into airplanes. <laughs> you don't see that anymore. I want that back. We need that. Yeah. Back. I don't know why that, that just reminded me. Do you guys remember that old Disney movie, uh, blank check? No. No. So it's about a uh, kid and his. So he's at the bank, like taking in his allowance or whatever, and the, these like mobsters basically accidentally back into his bike. So really quickly, just so they don't get like you know notified, they write him a check. Well, that check he didn't fill in an amount. So the kid puts in like a million dollars or whatever, and he ends up like a nine-year-old kid living on this insane estate with like a bouncy castle and like a slide and everything. Oh, it's amazing. Did this come out during the era where like Richie rich was coming out? Yes. And... Yep. Same exact time. It's just, okay. I don't know who the actor was in it, but it's uh, exactly the, along the same lines. Yeah. There were a few different movies that came out within that period that were about a kid hitting it big and, and having a lot of money. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Now to do that, you have to be part of Epstein's ring. Oh, Ew. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, low, low brow joke. 
Well, it's interesting to me that Ricardo mentioned the music in the in the movie because one of the things that I thought was out of place was the font used for the title card that said yes. "Over the Top." Yeah, it looked like an, an like a heavy metal '80s album cover. Right. You know exactly what it looked like. You know, Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. It was the exact same thing, same font. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep, yep. But then every other font in this movie was just like boring times new roman or helvetica or something i don't know what it was but like i don't know why they didn't keep it with the the heavy metal font hey at least it wasn't comic sans am i right (laughs) honestly i bet they just didn't have the budget i mean well yeah one fucking half your budget's going to stallone yeah half went to stallone the other half went to his speech therapist so (laughs) damn Got him. Got him. No money for that font budget. Hey, you better hope you're not uh, near a slot machine, Ricardo, or else you might find yourself bent over backwards by Stallone. You know, uh, I might not be opposed to that if it's Stallone. <laughs> that roided up, you know, man. Yeah, sure. I'll, 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 I'll go a few rounds with Stallone. I'm talking <laughs> arm wrestling, by the way, guys. Arm wrestling. Why did I hear you wink over a podcast? How is that possible? <laughs> you know... I just have a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Loud wink. Yeah, there you go. My winks are very expressive. When I do them, they kind of just create an entire wave throughout the universe. So that was a small one you felt. Damn. Okay. If you say so. (laughs) The wrinkle in time. Over the top, Ricardo. Over the top. Yeah. Do you want me to play you a nice 80s riff? Dude, let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> all right can we so over the top it was pretty good but it was got the bob that i don't care so it's going to flop stop <laughs> that was weird but hey we did it can we at least talk about the american version of hitler's youth before we get the podcast weird boy scouts yeah we talking about the boy scouts <laughs> that couldn't have just been the boy scouts that had to have been something else right boy scouts never carried guns I think it was like a military reform school from what I understood. But how old was the kid? I don't know. Nine or ten. There's no there's no way that. I mean, it was the 80s. So who knows? I mean, but what was that place? I I still have no idea. He had no involved parents. He had like a rich grandpa. So his rich grandpa probably like raised him how he was raised and sent him to like a military school. I don't know. Do they teach math? I'm just saying, if my kid calls me sir... I hate parents in, like who make their kids call them sir and ma'am. That's just so ridiculous. Like, my kid could be like, hey, I'd be like, yes, son, what do you want? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Is that, is that that progressive uh, parenting that I've been talking about? I have no words. <laughs> Shit, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about the military school, yeah. Because I want to know, is that an actual thing? Like, for kids... I really have no idea. I, and I don't know if it's a school that also teaches military principles. I don't know if it's like math class, science class, gun class. Oh, no, dude. This is a, this is a real thing. Holy crap. PK through 12, Admiral Farragut's Academy. What the hell? Dude, like it, military schools for boys. This is a thing. Oh, yeah. Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah. Never saw it. you never seen Malcolm in the Middle? No, I haven't. Wow. You would love it. It's actually one of those shows that you would like, unironically. I know I say that about a lot of things, but it would be right up your alley. 
did you notice that the uniforms at the school like had a really tall cap that really did look like World War II Nazi caps, and that also the shoulders were padded on the kids' uniforms? Yep. <laughs> That's why you just need Stallone to come along and rip off your uh, sleeve shirts, and you can have a sweet tank top out of it. Or a vest. I guess it would be a vest, right? Yeah, it's it's a vest at that point, I would think. I don't know my articles of clothing. My girlfriend always gives me shit for calling everything that's like long sleeved a sweater. Like I don't I don't see the difference between sweaters and sweatshirts. Okay? <laughs> if it makes you sweat, it's a sweater, okay? That's fair. Makes sense to me. All right, cool. 3 out of 3. I think you can call it whatever you want and she should respect that. Yeah, you listening, huh? You listening, babe? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Technically, sweatshirts are actually uh, the broader category, and sweaters are in a subcategory. All right, thanks, J. Crew. Yep. Speaking of sweating, did you guys notice that in the different arm wrestling scenes, that their levels of viscosity on their body like changed a lot, shot to shot? Yeah. It's probably all the oil they were drinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was the most ridiculous scene. <laughs> Dude, the amount of, like, ridiculous stuff they did. Like, hey, I'm going to show how manly I am by literally drinking motor oil. Like, what? What was that news name? Like, the Grizzly or something like that? I don't know, man. I just remember his tank top said FUBAR. Okay, yeah. So he had the FUBAR tank top. He literally, in one of his matches, he smoked a cigar and ate it. And then in his next match, he chugged a quart of Valvoline. Like, <laughs> what the f***? It was insane. I did like the continuity, though, where they had him at a couple scenes later uh, drinking some Alka-Seltzer. That was funny. (laughs) Just so funny how the 80s had this, like, perception of things with, like, you would never see stuff like that in a modern movie. No. The 80s were a fever dream. Oh, yeah. But, we hey, we need to show, you know, toxic masculinity. Give him a (laughs) cup of motor oil. That'll do it. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't, like, fart out a fire stream at some point in the movie just to prove <laughs> how manly he was. That would have definitely been over the top. Hey. Oh. The yeah. first pun of the podcast. So one of the weird things to me is, like, so you know how, like, every single scene that Stallone filmed arm wrestling, he, like, halfway through the fight, he would readjust his fingers so that he was over the top of the guy? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't understand <laughs> that technique, first of all. Second of all... Everyone that he faced was like, dude, this is bullshit. What the fuck's he doing? And the refs are just like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Well, in a game that allows you to punch people in the face randomly. Well, I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> to explain the over-the-top technique, uh, first, uh, do you understand, like, integral calculus? Yes, I do, actually. I'm okay. an engineer, so. Well, shit. Because yeah. this was going to be funny, and you ruined it. Damn it. <laughs> You can explain anyways, for those that are not engineers. I'm not an engineer, Ricardo. Well, I was expecting... Okay, David, so you don't know? Well, then I can't explain. It's just it's way too advanced. Way too advanced. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See? It's not funny the second time. This is ridiculous. Anyways, so, uh, outside of that technique, um, which was, like consistently the only way he and his son won anything um why did he win was because it he turned his cap backwards yeah yep when he turns his cap backwards he turns into a uh, a truck like transformer <laughs> speaking of which why is a truck the main prize of anything like i don't is there actually a correlation between truckers and arm wrestlers well 
throughout the movie, they kept saying like from the trucker division. So I, I wonder if it is like a pastime of truckers. That's I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I wasn't alive in I, the eighties or else I'd tell you, Ricardo. I feel like trying to find logic in this movie is a faulty endeavor. <laughs> Especially when like through most of the movie, his name is link Hawk. And then for like 30 minutes, it's Hawks all of a sudden. And then, I don't know, who knows. I kind of just assumed it was a nickname. I guess so. I caught that, but I didn't think it was all that weird compared to everything else that was going on. <laughs> just enough. the fact that Fair there's enough. a movie where I can I could be talking about it to somebody and say the arm wrestling scene, and they would say an arm wrestling scene, and I, and I could respond, yes, there's like 30 <laughs> arm wrestling scenes in this movie. <laughs> yeah, which one? Just the fact that that exists just throws my logic meter into the garbage. Well, Fair bring enough. that logic meter back, bitch. Uh, <laughs> it was based on a real-life story. No. Was it? John Bursnick, the real-life arm wrestler who inspired the Lincoln Hawk character, won in the trucker's class of the actual, quote-unquote, over-the-top tournament and won the Volvo white truck and trail mobile trailer that, that were the grand prize in the movie. It was worth about two hundred and fifty grand. Wow. But was he wearing... A lady's New York shirt when he did win. <laughs> hmm. I'm not doing the research that. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> when Stallone busts that shirt out, I'm just like, what? <laughs> really? The best part is Stallone wearing a <laughs> clip-on tie to pick up his son. Oh my god. <laughs> Was he wearing denim pants and a denim shirt as well? Yep. Yep. Yeah. With suspenders and a clip-on tie. <laughs> if that doesn't speak class, I don't know what does. Yeah, I, I wish I could be that classy, but unfortunately I have I have real suits and, and ties that I have to tie myself. It's a pain in the ass. Damn. Sucks to be you. Well, fellas, it looks like we've been talking about this movie for about a half hour. I think it's about time we hopped out of the truck and did some morning calisthenics. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of the scene where... Uh, where Lincoln and, and Michael fell asleep in the truck and then woke up and just like started doing some exercises in the sunlight and it's good father son bonding. Yeah. I honestly think it was better than any of the Rocky training montages. Really? Like if you, if you, if you, if you can't pull your own body weight up on the grill of a truck, then what are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can we talk about how he can let this kid drive a 30 foot trailer and he's 10 years old and has never driven anything in his life. <laughs> it didn't upset me because before that scene there was a clear like four or five second shot of him driving on the wrong side of the road <laughs> i'm not even kidding i didn't even see that <laughs> yeah if you go back and watch that there's there's a clear really weird shot of him driving on the left side of a double yellow line wow so then when he when he gave michael the keys i was like yeah this is logical this is probably a good move <laughs> And also how he has a uh, arm wrestling contraption in his truck. He can just arm wrestle at any time he wants while he's driving. Do you uh, not have one of those in your car? Well, no, I have a Honda Civic, so uh, you, you put that much weight in it, and it's not eco-friendly anymore. <laughs> Fun fact about that little machine, it's not actually for arm wrestling. What's it for? Let's figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> This is a really fun fact, Ricardo. I'm having the time of my life. I was going to say, he did have a lot of lonely years on the road, so I don't know. Does putting the weight machine in your, your Civic mess up the Sky Active technology? Yes, yeah. Ah, oh, I mm -hmm. see. 
And if I do that, then like the little green leaf on my dashboard turns off. So, ah, uh, yeah, I'd rather save the environment. You know, that's me, eco-friendly Nate. All right, so bouncing back towards the middle of the movie, uh-huh. we're, we're skipping ahead a little bit. There is a random gut-busting punch-in-the-stomach scene where out of nowhere Michael's mom is dead from heart surgery. This movie did not earn that scene, and I still I've seen the movie at least three times now, probably more. I still can't believe they put that movie that scene in this movie. Yeah, I re- I really forgot about that. Like it was honestly one of David Bowie's best roles. <laughs> wow, <laughs> the Thin White Duke. For the record, it's not David Bowie. In case anybody hasn't seen the movie, <laughs> <laughs> she looks very much like him, though. Did you guys not get get that vibe? I did not strike me watching the movie no fair enough i didn't think of it watching the movie but now that you mention it spot yeah on. Re- rewatch all the scenes with her and just play ziggy stardust in the background and i bet you'll you'll feel it most of my david bowie interactions have been through the venture brothers so it might not be a great pool to pull from fair just watch labyrinth and then you'll understand how about my favorite quote from this movie what is it as long as you lose like a winner it doesn't matter mm. truly inspirational Truly inspirational and probably going to be the title of my autobiography at some point. Yeah. Lose like a winner. I honestly think that quote is what led to participation trophies. (laughs) It's just a hot take. I don't know. I feel like there are more absurd scenes in the movie that we haven't even talked about yet. Oh, there's loads. Yeah. The, the Michael arm wrestle scene in the, the random diner. Yeah, where where Lincoln basically walks up to some kids in a really creepy manner. It's like, hey, kids, you want to arm wrestle? (laughs) All three of me versus you. Those kids felt like something out of a Stephen King movie or or book, of course. Just like the stereotypical 80s bullies that don't really have a life outside of bullying and being mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the hairstyle of the main guy that he arm wrestles actually like is literally the um oh what's his name i can't remember his name but the bully from it yeah 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 i don't remember his name either they have the exact same hairstyle and like dress and everything yeah that scene was pretty silly and then randomly michael gets kind of kidnapped <laughs> abducted like two seconds yeah. later <laughs> yeah and then there's like a very brief car chasing scene where some cars get hit by some trucks and then michael hops out of a pickup truck and it's all over and like the span of Michael arm wrestling to getting kidnapped to being rescued. It seems like it all takes place inside of like two minutes. Yeah. I actually think those whole two minutes were the entire Mad Max franchise. So (laughs) it it was only two minutes in our eyes, but really there's five movies out of it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Wow. It had a very similar vibe. Can you believe this movie got $25 million? I mean, think about it. I wish we could go back in the 80s because I could make a bomb-ass movie. Literally just the most boring, nonsensical shit, but it'll sell because everything did. Like, the fact that this was ever made is insane. The funny thing is, so uh, Stallone never wanted to do this movie. I also found this during my research. And the only reason he accepted was because the director kept coming and offering him more and more money. And so, like... At the point he at the point he got twelve million dollars, he was like, "Yeah, of course I accepted. I didn't think anyone was gonna watch it, anyways." Like literally, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I'll do that for twelve million. Oh yeah. 
And I don't want you to go back in time and get rid of this film, Ricardo, because I love this movie. I unironically love and enjoy watching this movie. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, get rid of this movie. I would let it, you know, be an example of how good mine is. Uh, and then I would steal some of its box office. There you go. So just for um, I just did a quick calculation via the Internet. Twenty five million dollars in 1980. Well, I guess this movie is 87, but similar is now worth seventy eight point six million dollars. Holy shit. Which that's getting close to a Michael Bay movie. That is insane. (laughs) So what you're saying is Michael Bay needs to recreate over the top with his budget as a Netflix exclusive. Yes. Also, actual good segue is the, the, the guy that played the son in this movie is one of the voice actors for the original Transformers movie. Oh, very cool. Which, of course, Michael Bay did the entire new Transformers uh, series. The one with Orson Welles that voiced the uh, the Planet Eater? I can't think of his name. Maybe. It's just called like Transformers the Movie, I think, or something like that. Or like The Transformers. That movie scarred a lot of nerds. Holy really? shit. Yeah, um, that movie was the one where Optimus Prime died for the first time because the, oh. the creators of the, the show, they created the show to sell toys full stop. So once all the toys had kind of been purchased by every kid in America, every boy in America, probably, um, they wanted to create new toys. And so they started trying to kill off the Transformers so that they could add new ones and sell more toys. And killing Optimus Prime like genuinely scarred huh. the nation of of young boys at the time that liked the show and the and the franchise. Wow, interesting. Yeah, you're right. I'm seeing right now Orson Welles played Unicron. Yes, yes, Unicron. And uh, David Mendenhall, who was the son in the movie, played Daniel Witwicky. Which isn't that who Shia LaBeouf played? Wasn't he a Witwicky? Yep. He was a Witwicky. I don't think his name was Dan. I think it was Sam. Sam was it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Leonard Nimoy voiced somebody in the the Transformers animated movie from really? the. Yeah, yeah. He voiced one of oh, the yeah. one of the robots. Galvatron. Yeah. Nice. I'm a sucker for anything Star Trek, so <laughs> <laughs> gotta throw out some props to my boy Nimoy. All right. Well, looking at this cast, there's a guy named Scatman Crothers. <laughs> yeah, he played the the chef in The Shining. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you name your kid Scatman? <laughs> I guess I kind of assumed it, it was a it was a nickname or a name that he assumed, but I guess that could be his real first name. I guess so. No, it's Benjamin, also known as Scatman. <laughs> Basically Scatman. All right. Well, we're way off topic, but uh what else is in this movie? Well, Later in the movie, the movie just randomly switches to kind of a documentary or reality TV show style where the characters start looking into the camera and talking about what they're doing in the film. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like The Office. Yeah, it's exactly like The Office. And they just start doing it. It's a 93-minute movie, and they start doing it like 60 <laughs> or 70 minutes in, and it's like, what the hell is going on? You can't just switch genres and filmmaking styles this late into a movie. It's very jarring. It was the 80s, man. Did you catch that, Ricardo? I just was like, oh, they're being recorded for a TV show. I didn't even think about the uh, format. I just thought it was like unique editing, but well, unique, quote-unquote. <laughs> functional yes um the kid in this movie had the most annoying 
high-pitched voice. Not the most annoying, but after hearing him all movie long, it it got rough. I definitely yeah. see why he re- won the Razzie. Yeah. Yeah. The weird thing is, so like I looked at him up now, and his adult version is literally the same face of the kid in the movie. But you you know those like memes where they like shrink people's facial features into the center of the face. <laughs> That's what he looks like now. It's literally just like his head grew around his facial features, and they're exactly the same. That's hilarious. Just in the center of his face. <laughs> Creepy. I hope he's seen success. I don't know about that. He was voted the worst new star, so I doubt he got anything after that. Oh, no. Can I ask you a question, sir? (laughs) Wow, were you in this movie? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, The scene where he kind of, for no good reason, jumps out of the truck to go play in traffic is hilarious. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, when I saw that scene, I was thinking, like, okay, a kid jumps out of a parked truck and runs across eight lanes of traffic to try to, like, get away. No one stops and thinks like, oh, hey, shit, is that kid like being abducted? Like, what the f*** is going on? <laughs> That's the 80s, man. Nobody gave yeah. a f- <laughs> All the drivers passing by were also abducting children. So uh, it was just like, oh, oh, hey, Jeff, how are you doing today? Yeah, Back when nobody had smartphones tracking everything. Yeah, that scene must have been filmed in Toledo. <laughs> what the what? Toledo is like the human trafficking capital of the world. Neat. Yeah. They should advertise this when you drive into the city. You know how they say, like, welcome to city. Yeah. Where we grow corn. Yeah. They should advertise human trafficking. Welcome to Toledo. Lock your doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye on your kids. Well, do you handsome, muscular gentlemen have anything to add to over the top? I did want to ask. You keep mentioning that you unironically love this one. Uh, poor K. I didn't see anything of redeeming value. <laughs> There's nothing of redeeming value in terms of winning awards or critical reception or, or exemplary filmmaking. Yeah. This movie is just hella f-ing fun. I look at this movie like it's a, it's a palate cleanser. It makes me happy. And from that perspective, I find it wildly entertaining. Okay. Because the only thing, usually when people like bad movies, it's like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. So it's really interesting to hear you describe it as like a palate cleanser and such. Yeah. Cause I just watched this movie and I was just kind of like, I don't know, nothing, nothing stuck out to me that was like, you know, this is a shitty movie, but it's pretty funny. Like, I, I don't think I laughed once. I like, I don't know. It was an hour and a half movie. I don't even remember watching it really. (laughs) I don't know. I think part of my experience was watching those live comedians riff this and and make fun of it. Mm. That's fair. It was legitimately a very special night and a very funny night of entertainment. Um, you guys might not know this, but movie riffing is a deep passion of mine. I, oh, I didn't know that. Wow. I fly around the country to watch these movie riffing shows, so having one here in Columbus was very special to me, and it was just a great night. Fair mm. enough. Yeah, having never seen this and then watching it when you're uh, 27, it's like, uh, what? I mean, I could have used that hour and a half to do something productive. I don't know. <laughs> I was doing something productive, um, getting a lot of reading done. Oh, nice. What are you reading? How to be an anti-racist. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. Remember, guys, I don't see color, so I'm, I, don't, I'm, I don't know what to say in this conversation. Well, for me, I think that ties up the conversation on Over the Top. I don't have much to add other than this movie's great. I love it. It's fun. Bam. Check out the uh, uh, Sammy Hagar music video. It's, pretty, it's better than the movie. 
Yep, I would just say pass. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention this. So the other funny thing was, so Sylvester Stallone helped write this movie. And <clears throat> after the fact, they asked him what he would have like done differently as a director. And his comments were he would have, instead of using 80s songs, he would have scored it with a <laughs> compositional music. No. Imagine like Hans Zimmer playing music for this song, for this movie. <laughs> wow. And he also said that all the scenes in Vegas, he would have made much brighter and livelier, which I actually agree with because all yeah. the scenes in Vegas were like, you know, like a cloud of smoke and just like heavy muscular dudes all in like dark lighting. That's exactly how I would imagine a, uh, an 80s arm wrestling tournament, though. True. Yeah, that is true. So points points for accuracy. <laughs> well, if you ever want to see 93 minutes of what is basically the famous high five scene from Predator with Carl <laughs> Weathers and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you can watch over the top. It, it's basically <laughs> 93 minutes of that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, in terms of what's coming next for the podcast, we're probably going to be taking a week off from publishing anything. And then the week after, we're going to be publishing an episode of Labor Day, right on Labor Day. I had the foresight to plan that. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, you're taking big strides as a human being. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea what the movie Labor Day is about. It's got Josh Brolin in it and Tobey Maguire and other people that I can't remember i can already tell you're not gonna like it (laughs) (laughs) i have i have low expectations for it but maybe it'll be great like a supposedly like a romantic drama movie i looking at the cover art i believe it is i haven't seen any commercials from what i remember i'm pretty sure like like this is just me talking from like when i remember seeing trailers i'm pretty sure drosh brolin plays like a stepfather who's kind of like weirdly possessive I can't, I can't remember but i think that's what it is possess me brolin daddy <laughs> okay, oh okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a <laughs> snap from thanos right now wow <laughs> anyway nathaniel ricardo thank you for watching over the top and coming out to record about it i had a blast i hope our audience enjoys this episode as well audience members thanks for tuning in and listening if you enjoyed it please give us a share on social media or consider subscribing It's very much appreciated, especially since I don't really have a social media presence. I'm just too lazy to do it. (laughs) Other than that, thanks for tuning in and have a great day. Thanks, y'all.